encouragement, shall we? Thank you. And every time someone says the London Clinical Director for Stroke, I just go, ah! It's really scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to stop doing it before I have my first meeting that I have to chair, don't I? Yeah. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, today, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about what we do in times of adversity. How does our adversity in our lives and times of difficulty, how does it impact our relationship with Jesus and with others? And what should we do and what should we not do? And some examples from that. Um, and rather strangely, it's another one of my sermons that's based on a film, on a movie. So if you remember the last time I used a movie as an example, it was the film Wonder. And actually, Bob also uh, drew from that, that movie. It's a fantastic movie. If you haven't yet seen Wonder, I think it's still on Netflix. Uh, please look at it. It's brilliant. So today we're going to use the film The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Has anyone seen it yet? Marina's seen it. So it is also on Netflix. And actually, it's a Netflix movie. We're seeing movies change, aren't we, in this, this generation, actually. And the more and more films are being released, not just at cinemas, but actually created and made for by places like Netflix. Um, so I'm just going to start by playing uh, a trailer of the film uh, as Sharon sets it up for me. How does it feel, William? I never went to secondary school. Make us proud. Hey, <laughs> looking sharp, eh? You too, man. <laughs> Kachukolo is not the wealthiest school in the district, but it's down to each one of you to decide your own level of commitment. Commitment! The rains came late this year, and now the trees have gone. Malawi is preparing for a very long hungry season. What are you going to do? Anything new? It's a pump. Can you fix it? Maybe. Mr. Kachigunda, when you turn the wheel on your bike, the light shines. How? It's magnets. I can bring water. I know how to do it. We stay, we die. No. With the electricity, we can plant in the dry season. And Thanks, Dave. 
It's such a good film, all right? Number one, even if the nothing about this sermon hits you today, just watch the film. It is brilliant. Uh, and it tells a story, and it's a true story, which I think does make the difference, because as you're watching it, you recognize this is a real situation that happened. And it's based on a young boy called William Kumkwamba, who lives in Malawi, as you probably saw. Uh, and what happened when famine and drought came into their village and into their region, and actually what him and his family did in a time of adversity. Now, in our lives, I don't imagine we'll come across such an extreme situation of drought and famine as they did. But you know what? We all have times of adversity. We all have times of trouble, whether it's family trouble, trouble at work, trouble finding work, trouble with housing, whatever it is, relationships. Everyone has a time and a season in your life where things are quite difficult. And I think there's some things of this film that we can learn and relate to the Bible about what God says we should do when times are troubled. When we hit adversity, actually, what do we do? Um, so I'm going to draw to start with on the things that uh, I think the Bible's quite clear about, things that we should not do, all right? It's great, and we're going to come on to all the things we should do, but actually it's a note of caution about the things we should not do first. Um, so one of the things that happens in the film, and I have to be really careful here and not giving away the story or giving away, yeah, part of it. So I'm trying to be quite careful um, and not, not giving it away. But as you can tell, William uses wind to find energy to help solve the problem. So I think the fact that the story is called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind isn't giving away much by explaining that. There's a, a point in the film... Um, that talks about what not to do. So don't follow the crowds just because. Just because everyone else is doing something, don't just follow the crowds. And linked with that, the obvious thing to do is not always the right thing to do. The obvious thing to do is not always the right thing to do. There's quite a lot of political uh, story in the film, and one of the points in the film, um, there's quite a lot of political protest against the government, particularly related to the famine and the drought, and William's father leaves home to go and join a political protest. All his mates are going. It seems like the right thing to do, to stand up politically for him and his family and his village in a political sense. But unfortunately what happens is while he's away, things at home get a lot worse. A lot, lot worse. And what he's left behind is his wife with a new baby, William, and his older sister, who's about 16 or 17 type age. And his father has left them, and the situation deteriorates very, very rapidly. The obvious thing is not always the right thing to do. The Bible talks about not following the crowd. Psalm 118 says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than trust princes. And that's really important, that second bit about princes. It doesn't matter who is persuading you to go that way. We should trust in the Lord and actually say, what's the right thing? Should I stay? Should I go? What should I, what should I do? It doesn't matter if the crowd are all going that way. It doesn't matter if the, the, the prince of the area or the chief of the village is telling people to do this thing. Actually, what does Jesus say? 
What does Jesus say for us to do? Exodus also talks about it. Don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. Now, William's father didn't, I don't think, recognize that he was doing wrong by going. He thought he was doing the right thing by going. It was the obvious thing to do, to stand up politically to try and resolve the situation. But actually, the obvious thing is not always the right thing to do. So when we're in times of adversity, let's seek God's plans, not man's. Let's seek God for what he's telling us to do and do that. It doesn't matter if no one else is doing it. We should do that thing because that's what God says. And maybe God's telling other people to go, but is he telling you to go? Or is he telling you to stay? So in this, this example, the obvious thing is not always the right thing. What the Bible tells us is take refuge in the Lord. Seek him, seek his ways and do what he says. The obvious thing is not always the right thing. Don't just follow the crowd. Sometimes when your times of difficulty, actually it's the easiest thing to do is to follow the crowd because it takes much less thought, much less worry. Actually, I'll give it in. I'll just go with what they're doing because I'm under pressure and, and actually it's the easiest thing to do is to just go. And actually fighting against that sometimes is a lot of energy and a lot of effort and explaining why you're not doing what they're doing. And perhaps being judged by people, actually, you're not doing what everyone else is doing. And our expectation is, perhaps, that you will go and politically protest. And if you were to choose not to do that, perhaps society would look at you and judge you and say that's not the right thing. Actually, God says we should do what he tells us to do. We should seek him first and follow his ways. And sometimes that will bring us in to conflict with what other people are doing, what other people are saying. You know, when we get adversity in our lives, uh, people will say, well, what you ought to do is this. People are very good at telling you what you ought to do, aren't they? Um, and actually, it takes quite a lot to stand up and say, actually, I'm a Christian and I've been praying about this. And I really know that God wants me right here. It's quite tough to say, isn't it? But that's what God calls us to do. Stand with him, do what he tells us to do, and not follow the crowd. Crowds are not always right. Just because there's a lot of people doing something doesn't make it the right thing to do. So, don't follow the crowd. The obvious thing is not always the right thing. The second thing not to do, or, or the thing to be cautious of, is to caution the input that what I've called naysayers have in your life. So people that are just, yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. That can't work. You know, those naysayers, the people that are negative influences in your life. And in the film, William was surrounded, actually, by people that told him what he thought could not be done and that he was crazy. Actually, and were dismissive of him. Some were dismissive of him because of his age. Some because of his education. He'd only recently gone to secondary school and wasn't there for very long. And actually, you don't know what you're talking about. You've not got the education that will support the thing that you say you want to do. Some because he was a young boy. The generations gone before him knew how to handle this. You're just a young boy. You don't know. How can you know the solution to this problem? This is much bigger than you, William. This is the whole area that has a problem. How can you, one little boy in a small school, resolve this problem? 
it was just a new idea, actually, he had. And sometimes there are people that are naysayers in life because new ideas are quite scary and quite threatening, and they're not really people that embrace new ideas. So actually, even though it's a good idea, it's new, and we don't like new. We quite like going with the old. We know what the old ways were, so we're going to stick with the old ways, and we're going to dismiss you with your new ideas. Your fancy-fangled new ideas, William. You can just be dismissed. And unfortunately in the film, one of the naysayers initially was his own father, uh, who dismissed his ideas and thoughts. And the reason that he did that, and it's careful not to be too critical of his, of his father, um, was a generational impact. So this is the farm that his family had run for generations. And this is how we always deal with times of drought and famine. This is how we do it, William. We work harder, we try harder, we plant faster, uh, we do what we can. We just try. His father's name actually is Try Well. And actually, in the film, what you'll see is he tries really well. He's Try Well. And it's about effort and commitment and doing the same thing. This is what we do in this situation. And your new ideas are just not what we do. Now, as Christians, we have to be careful with naysayers in our lives because those people can drag you down. Because they're not with you. They're not supporting you, and sometimes they're trying to pull you backwards in the things that you're stepping into in God. Sometimes it might be your parents. Sometimes an older generation. Sometimes you've got a new idea, and you know it's from God, and you know it's right, but actually nobody seems to be with you. And it's quite new, and it's quite out there, and it challenges how things have always been done. That doesn't mean it's not right. That doesn't mean it's not from God. So be careful the people that are naysayers in your life. And church, as Horizon, we need to be careful that we are not the naysayers for people's new ideas about how things are done, how church should be, how relationships should work, practical things maybe. Let's not be naysayers into other people's lives. Someone has a new idea. Brilliant. What can we do to support you in that? Can we pray with you? Can we make sure that we know God's in it? Can we walk with you? And if it doesn't come forward to get into fruition, that's fine. It's okay to have new ideas that don't result in a whole regional change. There's a quote in William's book. Um, and one of the challenges for Malawi this time was that thing as a generational thing that drought was part of their history. Drought had always come. They'd always done the same things in the same ways. And in the book that accompanies the film, well, the book came first, um, William says, Touring the city, I began to wonder how Americans could build a skyscraper in a year. But in four decades of independence, Malawi couldn't even bring clean water to a village. We could send witch planes into the skies and ghost trucks along the roads but we couldn't even keep electricity in our homes. We always seem to be struggling to catch up. Even with so many smart and hardworking people, we were still living and dying like our ancestors. And he was really challenged by that. Let's not be stuck as Christians, living and dying like our ancestors, just because that's what we do. Just because that's the generational thing that happens. Let's follow God and see what his ways are. Let's not be an older generation of any particular age that is a naysayer to the younger people coming through. 
younger people, don't be naysayers to the older generation just because they're older. Actually, what's God saying? New ideas are not just about the young or the old. New ideas are everywhere. From, any, from God is the new idea. Actually, let's source it from him. How much do you in your life have influence from people who are naysayers, who tell you you can't do it, it's too difficult, it's not going to work? Or they're just cautious, they're just like, mm, and it makes you question yourself. And in preparing this, I can see a couple of people in my life that I thought, yeah, do you know, they're probably not naysayers, but they're not always right behind me either. You know, they're mm, putting yourself out there a bit, Jill. Perhaps you should play it safe. Don't listen to those people. Listen to what God says. Let's not be naysayers for other people. Let's not be the dismissive ones because it's a new idea. I don't know what that was. Um, and in the Bible, uh, Proverbs 5 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for the companion of fools suffers harm. We need to be really discerning, church, and as Christians, about the company we keep and the people that have influence in our lives. What we need are people who are Christians, who are behind us, who are rooting for us, building us up and encouraging us, and stepping with us when we take a risk. We take a risk with a new idea, a new thought. Maybe it could be done this way in church, in life group, in hub. Maybe, maybe we could try this. Brilliant. Let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's use what God has given to build up his kingdom. Don't be an aesir in people's lives. The third thing, don't be passive. So some people were the naysayers and they weren't supporting or they were re reluctant. But you know what one thing William was not was passive. He had to actively pursue his idea and his dream. It required knowledge, time, education, resources, commitment. It wasn't an instant ready-made solution. And sometimes in our Christian walk, we're influenced by our society that's quite an instant society. If you want to know something, what do you do now? You Google it. You've got the answer straight away. Who, who was in that film? Oh, I can tell you now. It's instant. We're used to everything being instant now. And actually, sometimes, when God's given you something to do, it actually is going to take time and commitment and effort and resources, and it isn't just going to turn around uh, in a minute. Don't be passive. Do we actively pursue God's plans in our lives? There's a whole series of, of verses in the Bible that talk about being doers of the word and not only hearers. Don't just hear God's word and go, yeah, amen. I believe. You've got to do something. Be doers of the word. And that doesn't mean you have to be up here preaching. It means you've got to show people Jesus in your life every day. Every minute of every day. Be doers of the word. Faith without works is dead. It's not just about faith. It's about works. And not just works for the sake of it. Working out your faith in your day-to-day -day life so that other people see it for what it is. Love without deeds is dead. Or you can say you love me, but actually I know who loves me because I know what they do for me. Now, that could be not necessarily things. It can be messages. It can be texts. It can be a little note. Love without deeds is dead. 
And we can tell people in life that we love them and that we're trying to show them Jesus' love, but sometimes we don't actually show them that we love them day to day. This faith thing that we've got, this, this, this faith that we profess and we sing about and we worship Jesus for, it's not a passive interaction of God blessing us. This faith thing is not for passengers. It's not for you to come and feel blessed on a Sunday and go home and carry on as if nothing else happened. It's an active interaction, relationship building with Jesus. And in that, sometimes God will put little things in your head and little notions in your mind of things that he just wants to change who you are, change how you relate to other people, deal with your past, perhaps bring new things into the church. Uh, and again, in, in William's book, uh, there's a little quote that I just think is brilliant. Think of your dreams and ideas as tiny miracle machines inside you that no one can touch. The more faith you put into them, the bigger they get, until one day they rise up and take you with them. Tiny miracle machines that no one can touch. And the more faith you put into them, the bigger they become. So maybe there are things in your lives, things that I'm talking about, ideas and new, new thoughts, actually that are just brewing in you. Put faith into them. Put prayer into them. Share them with someone. Tell someone you, you've got this idea, you've got this thought. They'll walk with you. They'll pray with you. They'll help you grow. It might take time. It might take education, resources. There's lots of stories in the Bible that things took a lot of time. Remember the story of Sarah and Abraham that wanted a baby? Years and years and years they prayed. Years. It wasn't instant. We can't expect God to work in an instant way just because Google does. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes God will answer. Of course he will. Bang. Somebody's healed. Bang. The answer's already come. But do you know sometimes it takes knowledge and time and prayer, and in that, what God is doing is not just building the idea, but changing you so that you're ready for whatever that idea or that new thing is. Let's not be passive passengers, but active in our relationship and connection with Christ. Let's pursue God's plans and make sure that our lives are lived to match our faith that we profess. We need to show people our faith in what we do and what we say, we need to love people according to our faith. And we need to be doers of God's word. Let's not be passive. And in times of adversity, it is really easy to become passive because it's all a bit overwhelming. And actually, the easiest thing to do is to take one step back and kind of let it happen around you. Think, okay, I'm just stepping out of that for a moment and I'm just going to watch from here. I'm going to be a passenger for a little bit. Actually, you need to do the opposite, which is even more challenging, which is to step forward in order to be active. Don't be passive in times of adversity. Let's live our faith with works and action and show people. People watch what you do as a Christian when times are good, but do you know I think sometimes they watch you more when times are bad because they're beginning to suss out what you're like when, it's, when the chips are down, when times are tough, what you're going to do. Is this faith you talk about, is it real? Or is it only there when you're feeling good and great and it's all going amazingly well? People watch you when you don't realize it. So moving on to things that, that we should do in times of adversity. 
So the first thing to do, use what you've got. Use what you have. William, in this film, he couldn't Google stuff. He couldn't YouTube harnessing wind energy. He didn't have that option. But what he had was an idea in his head. He had an inquisitive mind. He was very creative. He was very practical. I couldn't do the things he was doing. He was you know, connecting batteries and hose pipes and all sorts of things. And he just looked for solutions. So he saw his teacher's bike had a dynamo on it. And if people remember the old dynamo days, as you turn the wheel, it builds up energy that powers the light. And he kind of went, ah, something's happening there that's creating motion, producing energy and firing up a light bulb. Energy is appearing. What can I do with that? He read a book. He went to the library, literally went to the library and read a book actually gaining knowledge. Sometimes for us, it might be reading the Bible. You know, it might not be going reading fancy Christian books, actually just getting with the Word of God and just seeing what the Bible says. See what Jesus said. See what Jesus did. He had some skills that I don't have. He seemed to understand how radios work. I was a bit lost about all that. He seemed to be doing lots of things with wires and tinkering and things. That's not a skill I've got. But he, he understood it. And he was like, I'm going to use this. And he just tried. So in the film, you see him try a few times with different things, trying to see, will this work? Will the old parts that I can gather at this point from a rubbish tip, what's there that I can use? So William looked, and in his hands, he didn't see nothing. He saw, I've got an idea. How can I get there? How will I gain knowledge and skills? How will I use what I have around me? And sometimes I think we as Christians look at our hands and go, yeah, I don't have anything. And if I say to you today, use what you have, I think some of you are sitting thinking, yeah, I don't have anything, Jill. My hands are empty. So then I encourage you, church, to invest in other people and tell them what you see in them. Sometimes it's not as easy to see what's in yourself as you see in other people. Maybe what you've got in your hand... Viv is a smile for people as they come in through the door. That's what's in your hand. Jill Wormold, what's in your hand? Prayer. You are a prayer. That's in your hand. Maybe you've got a heart of kindness to other people. What's in your hand? Use it. God's given you things to use. Skills, abilities. Maybe it's an inquisitive mind. Maybe you're a problem solver. Maybe you're somebody that seeks knowledge and always wants to learn new things and new ways of doing things. Maybe you've got loving kindness. Maybe you're an administrative whiz. You love organizing things. You love spreadsheets. Put your hands up because that's not me. But use what you have. You know, we heard a few weeks back about the boy with the loaves and the fishes. And actually all he did was use what he had. When adversity came and there was no food... Give us what you have. Okay. Have my lunch. Use what you've got. Second thing, always stay true to what you know is right. So in times of adversity, what's really easy is for people to distract you and make things sound okay that you know are not okay. So in the film, William gets to a point in a really difficult situation. He was nearly ready to complete his project and he knew exactly what he needed and he, the thing that he needed was in the village, but it wasn't his. So he asked for it, 
And the person said, no. And his mate said, steal it. Just take it. Once you've taken it and you've done it for your project, they can't have it back anyway. Just take it. And the crowd are saying to him, just steal it. And there was a moment where you could almost see William thinking, it might be right. And he went in quite a challenging encounter with the person whose uh, part it was. Uh, it was a bit of a threatening encounter. But in the end, this person stood up for themselves. And actually what William did was to not just steal it. And not to disrespect the person whose part it belonged to. In times of adversity, we need to be careful that we don't abandon what we know is right. It's not right to steal. Full stop. It doesn't matter that that's the only part in the village. That's the only thing that would have finished his project. And he's doing it out of the right mind, isn't he? He's thinking, well, I can get energy for this whole village if I do this thing. So actually, maybe the greater good is served if I can get this resolved. It's not okay to steal. And actually, the turnaround point meant that the owner of that part engaged with the process and was part of the solution. Don't abandon what you know is right. And don't follow what other people tell you is right when it's not right. Don't abandon your faith and the things you stand for just because the chips are down. Just because times are hard, don't turn your back on the things that you know are right. Oh, it'd be, it's, only a, it's only a small thing. It's a white lie. It's only a little bit of stealing. A little bit of stealing. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Whatever our situation is, it's never right to abandon what we know is good. Don't deny what you know. We know what happened in the Bible when Peter denied Jesus three times. He knew. He knew what was right. But he denied him. And as soon as that cock crowed the third time, oh, I knew. I knew who Jesus was. He was doing a bit of self-protection, a bit of making sure he was going to be all right. Always stay true to your faith, no matter what people tell you. And the last thing, always have determination and perseverance. Don't give up easily. If you know something is God's plan, stick with it. If God has spoken to you about a promise or a guarantee or a hope in your heart, don't give up on it just because you haven't yet seen it come to pass. I'm sure many times, looking at Amy with the housing situation, she's been a bit despondent about what's going to happen. Don't give up. God's got it. And we see it now. Not only is she getting a house, it's a new house. And it's got a garden. Don't give up. When the chips are down, that's the time to stay strong. Stay true to God. And in that waiting, it's not a passive point. It's a learning to grow in the process. In the season of waiting for something to come to pass, not only should we continue to follow God and have determination and perseverance, but ask him to help us in the journey. Help me grow. Help me develop. Show me new ways. There's lots of words in the Bible around this. Endurance, steadfastness. Hold fast to what you believe. Hold fast to God's promises in your life. Hold fast to God's promises in Horizon. God is at work in Horizon, through Horizon, in our community. 
Let's hold fast to what we know God is doing. Let's not be swayed by paperwork, by rules, by regulations. Let's stay focused on the spiritual aspect of what God is calling us to do in this local area. Romans 5 says, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And James 1 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Let's stay steadfast in what we believe. In the film, actually, it takes William lots of times and attempts to make it work. So he tries it, it doesn't work, or he tries it and it's a small thing. And he's having all the time to rework how this brilliant idea he's got is going to actually work in reality. But he never gives up. Even when he's got naysayers around him telling him it won't work, the older generation shouting at him, telling him, this is not what we do. You don't understand. Our people have done this for generations. And what you do is just work harder and try harder. And William's going, yeah, but there's another way. I've got another. There's another solution here. Let's not be the generation of Malawians who have always struggled despite being clever and hardworking. Let's find different ways to do stuff. In the face of difficulty, in the presence of naysayers, even when your own parents don't believe you, and when you've tried and you're not succeeding, stick with it. If God says that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen, even when you can't see it. If God says Amy's going to get a new house, she's going to get a new house. Just a quick side note, cautious that today's Mother's Day, uh, looking back at the film, I watched it again yesterday, just looking at the role of his mother. And some of the attributes I think that you can see in his mother were she was very steady. She was always supportive. She was always creative. So when they had little, she seemed to make a lot. I'm sure many mothers can, can connect with that. She was always looking out for the kids first. She was always trying to provide. So where there was not much corn, she was grinding it up to make it go further, to make it last longer. She was wise with little. In the book, uh, William talks about his grandmother, Rose. Rose was a tough woman, so tough that she built the family home with her own hands. In this case, Rose literally made the bricks that built the house that they live in in the film. But maybe as mothers, you are the ones that have always tried to make ends meet, to make the little last, being creative with what little you do have. Maybe you've always been creative about building the family home, setting the love and the care. It's not building the house in a physical sense, but building the house in its environment. Maybe you've always been the one that creates opportunities for fun, for learning, for praise and for discipline. I think there's something to, to learn about looking at the role that mothers have in our lives. There's also a lesson about fathers, but given that today's Mother's Day. Actually, we need to honour women and mothers like that who, who are wise, who make a lot out of little, who make things stretch, who create the fun. Even when the chips are down, they're still creating opportunities for love and care and fun and learning. And I want to encourage you mothers today that you're, if you're doing that, God sees that and blesses you and honors you for that. 
God sees those times when the times are tough and yet you still turn it around and make something fun. God sees that and honors you. You've got a little, but you make it last. God sees that and honors you. So I'm not going to go on much longer, but just as a summary, things that I think we can take related to what the Bible tells us to do from this film. Don't blindly follow the crowds when the chips are down. The obvious thing to do is not always the right thing to do. Don't just follow the crowds. Have caution with people that influence you negatively. Caution with those people. Don't be a naysayer in someone else's life. Don't be passive. Let's be active in our relationship with Jesus and with each other. Let's show faith with works, love in action, deeds that bless people. Things to do, use what you have. If you don't know what you have, ask someone else. What do you think I have? Actually, bang, people tell you what they see in you. Use what you've got. If you look at your hands today and you say they're empty, go ask someone to pray with you. Always stay true to what you know is right. Never give up your faith because it seems like the crowds are doing something different. Don't give up what you know is right. And always have determination and perseverance. And then Philippians, just to finish, says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So, Father, today I just want to pray, Father, for each person here, Lord, that you will help us to be those people that stand for the things that we know are right. Father, prevent us from being negative and naysayers in other people's lives, Lord. Father, pray against any generational influence in the church, Lord. Father, pray for people with new ideas and new thoughts, Lord. Let us not be dismissive of those. Let us be encouraging of new ways of doing things. Let's not give up when the times are hard. Individually, Father, I pray that you help us have active faith with works and deeds and love that show what you are in our lives. Lord, and when times are tough, Lord, we want to say, I can do all things through you who give me strength. Whether we've got a lot or we've got a little, actually, Lord, help us to be content because through you, we can do all things. In Jesus' name. Amen.